You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Good people, welcome back to another episode. I have... Joining me yet again, Mr. J. Leonard J., one of my very favorite people to talk to, and the guest with the most recurring appearances on the podcast. He's been on four times, and I mean, you'll see why. The man's a delight. If you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, please do. The man is an amazing guitar player, and I personally think his YouTube demos only show a small fraction of what he can do. He's blown my mind consistently. Every time I've seen him at a trade show, I'm just like, man, this guy is a beast of a player. So incredible. And he's such a fun dude. Like, just such a fun dude. So, yeah, check out all of that. And one thing I wanted to mention is I've seen something really cool happen with this podcast that I never, ever expected. So, if you have not yet, when you get done listening to this episode, go back and check out the episode with Devon Whitaker. People are taking samples of that podcast episode and running it through effects. Like there's a particular passage that's really resonated with people. And I won't say what it is because I would like you to find your own, but that was just one of the best conversations I've had on this show. And it's apparently really resonating with people They're starting to post clips to Instagram and like actually taking pieces of this podcast and utilizing it in creative ways. And I just think that is mind blowing and so, so cool. The fact that people are taking a snippet of these conversations or this particular conversation and making art with it is like the coolest thing to me. That is so cool. I'd never, never, of all the things that I've got to do and experience from doing this show, that is not something I thought was going to happen. So check that episode out if you haven't already. Again, I think it's like one of the best of, like, really, it's it's a great episode. We don't even talk about guitars all that much, but it's a great, great episode. Anyway, this one with Jay is up there too, because all of the ones with Jay are fantastic. He is a incredible human being, and yeah, let's not, let's not cloud this up anymore. Let's get right to it. Here's an episode with Jay Leonard Jay. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me, I have, I think, I have to double check, but it might be the most, uh, the guest with the most appearances on the show, Mr. J. Really? I think so. Wow, jeez. I think you've been on on three times, I think, I have to double check, I think three times, and this is the fourth. I believe. Wow, holy crow. Look at that. I, you know, I'm really happy to have that crown. I'll take it. I'm, I'll wear it with pride. Number one with a bullet. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, I can't think of anyone else who I'd rather have be the number one. 
I can't think of anybody oh, yeah, else. There you go. <laughs> so I need to address uh, so how, things real quick. Yes. Um, I, I again, I have to apologize to you because I was a little bit late to this. I got sidetracked. I was uh, I was doing some uh, some exercising, some socially distant exercising at the park, uh, and I mm-hmm. decided that to refuel from that, I needed some ramen. Uh, there's okay. there's only one place that delivers ramen uh, here, and uh, I'd never had it before. And I generally like things pretty spicy, so I ordered what they call hell ramen. Uh, and I was talking to Jack DeVille on the phone, telling him like, hey, I'm going to be eating while, while I'm talking because I got this podcast I'm going to be doing in a little bit, but what's going on? And as he was, you know, chewing the fat with me, I realized why they called it what they called it uh because it 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 was way hotter than i was expecting (laughs) it was oh no oh no (laughs) it was delicious it was delicious and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it but i was just like i was just eating it like it was regular spicy ramen uh like i've experienced before and it's it's a lot hotter than any anything i've ever had i was like oh jack i'm sorry i'm like I got to pour, put my mouth under the faucet. And it was like, I was in rough shape there for a minute because I was just taking these enormous bites right out of the gate. (laughs) I wasn't really. Yeah. You have a pretty good tongue for the spicy stuff though, right? Yeah. Yeah. The man I know, he could handle the spicy stuff. So this must be some pretty intense fire ramen going on over here. Yeah. I, I, I can handle the heat fairly well. I really like spicy food. I just, I think... If I had known how spicy it was, I would just would have taken it a little bit slower, but I was really hungry. And so I was just like, let's pound this down. I got a podcast to do. And then I Ooh. I should have been more conservative. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you made it. That's <laughs> That sounds like a that sounds like an emergency and a half. How you, how's your mouth feeling right now? You feeling good? You feeling I'm, confident? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to finish it later. Uh for sure. I just uh Need to be more cautious, I guess. I was I was overconfident in my spicy abilities. Evidently, evidently, I've been pretty. I, I I always start slow and then work my way up. So you know, I'll, if I get something I don't know, I'll get a little touch on the tongue, let it sit, and I'm, okay, I can handle this. And I'll just go for it. That's how I do it. I've never had a ramen that was that I considered to be too spicy. I've oh, really? ramen ramen. I've always been able to just like go to town. I'm like, this could be hotter. Um, oh. In retrospect, this this ramen is probably just right for me. I just mm-hmm. I just was hammering it down, and that I think that was the big problem. You know, I, I've had a couple uh, ex girlfriends back in the day, and uh, they were Indian, and mm-hmm. I always want to look. You know, when you're going on a date, you want to look like, oh, look at me, I'm a big deal. I can handle <laughs> this, whatever. You know, like, oh, it means nothing to me. It's just you know, because you want to like, you know, you want to look kind of like you got stuff together. So. Uh, I definitely, I, I, I understand where that can be. That's, that's where I've learned my technique or <laughs> I've learned how to, or I can I learn how to hide it in a pretty good way. But yeah, that's, uh, I, I definitely, I, I know what it's like to go a little bit beyond the grasp, but uh, I've definitely trained the body now. I'm at a good place where I feel like I'm on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was too. I, I thought, I thought I was, I was just got overconfident. I <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like my wife made this, uh, this, this cheese ball and oh man, it's so good. She puts little bacon bits in it and, uh, mm-hmm. and little jalapenos in there. And I'm always like, you know, we need to spice this up a little bit. Like the jalapeno is a nice start, 
But the other day yeah. I had her make a habanero version. And who that's where it's at, man. Let's yeah, go. See, you're lucky. See, I have I have yeah, little toddler. Well, you have the kids too. I have like these two, you know, like a, a two year old and a four year old. Mm-hmm. So all the food I eat is just the most bland, flavorless. All the toppings are separated because they're so picky. <laughs> So I, you know, I actually, speaking of Indian food, I had Indian food about a week ago because I was in the studio and I had people come in and we decided to order Indian food. And I will tell you, it's a joy to have food with flavor and to have the spice. So I am a little bit jealous hearing about your, uh, your spicy cheese ball. Well, if you're ever in town, we'll have to get you some. That's, that's what we'll do. Done. Done. (laughs) Um, but yeah, my kids are, my kids are really picky too. Uh, my son's just like, you know, he, well, he's actually turned, he's turned five today. Um, oh, man, so grown up, which so is so weird, up. so weird. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he just like, he's, he's always telling me, he's like, I don't like sauce. Like you do too, like sauce. Like, don't tell me you don't <laughs> like sauce. That's a stupid thing to say. Like, I don't tell him he's stupid, but I'm like, you do too, like sauce. Like, come on. Like everyone likes some kind of sauce. Like, yes. And he does like sauce. He just likes to say that he doesn't because his cheeseburgers he gets from Bur- from Burgerville has a sauce on it. And he's like, well, that's the only kind of sauce I like. Like, that's not does, true. Does, kid. Does, like, does butter count as a sauce? So butter's a sauce. Is butter a sauce? Is butter, like, but, you know, butter like, a condiment. Uh, sauce. <laughs> that's a sauce. On. Butter <laughs> is a sauce. Like oil on a pan. In my kid's eyes, that's a sauce. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's sauce, man. Yeah, man. Man, I'm telling you. Man, you know, a man, you know, what is it, what's the saying? Is a, a man with no sauce is lost, but you can also get lost in the Yeah, but you can also get lost in the sauce. That's what they oh, say. Oh, man, you get lost in the sauce. Well, there yeah. you go, see? <laughs> I don't know where you found these sayings. I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe that was a rapper. I oh, was a rapper. I think it was a, a rapper. rapper. I don't know. P. Diddy. Was it Birdman? I don't remember who it was. I don't know. I bet I, I can pull that up. I, <laughs> I like I liked saying P. Diddy because every time I say P. Diddy, it just it's nice to come out of my mouth and it seems so unnatural for my mouth to say P. Diddy. Mm-hmm. Eh, that's cool. I can take that. It is. A, oh, it was Gucci Mane. That's who said it. Gucci Mane. I don't even know what that is. Well, that, it's a, he's a rapper, and he has ice cream tattooed on his face. Oh, really? Yeah. That's you're you're you more in depth with the the hip hop community than I am, then, because I I don't know I don't know that. What's the hit? What's the hit song? I don't know. That's th- this is the extent that I know. I just see, saw it you in know, a meme one time, and I thought oh, it was I, really, <laughs> I thought it was a funny was like, thing. You know the lyrics, you just don't know the song. I was like, wow, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just saw it in a meme, and I thought it was a good saying, so I say it sometimes. Yeah. That's a good saying, though. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, you know, quote Gucci Mane. Like, Gucci Mane. All right. Done. I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss this. Uh, we'll discuss this off the air. Um, Definitely. We'll get into it. <laughs> Speaking of hip hop, though, that this kind of does tie into a, a random guitar related thing. Mm, did, okay, you, here we go. did you see a couple, well, probably a month ago now, the live stream that, uh, that uh old uh, well, wow my brain's failing uh post malone did where he was doing the nirvana covers you know i heard a lot of people have been talking about that but i i, I know i completely missed it did you watch that i did I heard that was it. actually really good I it was, was really good like and travis barker just on drums just killing it 
like yeah of course. which is isn't really shocking to anybody i guess but mm-hmm. uh man it, they they did a really really good job overall i thought i, I thought it was, it was great and it was kind of a little outside um that kind of uh hip-hop r&b grungy thing that he does it's kind of he did he actually go full in on that style or did he kind of uh mix it into his own sound nope he like basically covered it like just straight see, up that's cool as, i love that as is he went totally you outside know, I, of his norm it was great i love it when musicians do it because you know when we we listen to a lot of musicians that we like or or pop singers right we tend to kind of put them in a lane and that's mm-hmm. what you do and that's all you can really do and you you're only this and then every once in a while they'll do something and you're like, you know what? There's a reason why this person became so popular. There's, you know, it's, they, they found something that, they, you know, they, that's theirs and their identity and they've grown it. But, you know, most great musicians and most people that are really successful, they can, they really have a really deep skill set, And it's really nice to see that shine. But I, I, too bad I missed it. Well, I think it's up on YouTube. I think they saved oh, it. So you can go back and, and give it a, you know, you don't got to watch the whole thing, but I definitely would like you know, check out a couple songs. It was, it was impressive and fun. Oh yeah, I definitely want to. I, you're not the first person to talk about that to me, so I can't wait to check it out. I just haven't gotten around to it. It's kind of old news at this point, but it (laughs) was still really good. Exactly. I'm that behind, I think. (laughs) It's not even like it was that long ago. We just have a 24 hour, hour news cycle. That's 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 all it is. That's true. I feel like a lot has been going on in a very short period of time. It's been a pretty crazy, it's just been crazy. You know what I mean? My whole perception of time in general over the last four or five months has been crazy. It's just, it's like, just like Independence Day is coming up. I know. Like that's a thing. It's almost Independence Day. Or I guess, see, I was, I actually made a point in my head to say Independence Day. In my head, I was going to say Canada Day. But I was like, no one knows what that is. So I had to like stop myself. And go, oh no! But independent, independence. It's like it's July's coming up. Can you imagine that? Like, I remember March happening, and then mm-hmm. now I'm here today, and then just a bunch of yes. like stuff in the middle that was just you know, what's going? It's just so much information and stuff, and then all of a sudden the we're, we're in a completely different time period. It's been a wonderfully crazy year. <laughs> yeah i mean i was like crazy. i was going like uh I just because like this is good this is also old news and this might be shocking to some people but like uh well it was almost gee whiz it was a uh, december not last december but the december before so like a year and a half ago um we had some tremendous smoke damage to our house and a lot of people who listen to this podcast remember that because it happened right in the middle of me recording with Seth and Brady from Old Blood. And I had to like pause mm. and like go in the house, realize that the smoke damage had occurred and there was nothing we could do about it. Told my wife to like go to grandma's and uh, finish the podcast. So, um, but what uh, where I was going with that is a lot of our paperwork was destroyed. And so mm. I've been unburying myself uh, from like tax stuff and trying to make sure all my, you know, trying to recover as many records as I could. Cause all of that, it was just gone. Um, crazy. And, uh, so that said, um, like I haven't gotten to do my, my 2019 taxes yet, which is annoying to say the least. Cause that's not me. What, um, what are the taxes due in the well, States they, right now? So normally they would, would have been due in April, April. Uh, right. Yeah. But, uh, I think, I think that's right. 
I'd have to check with my CPA anyway, but they extended them to July because of the COVID stuff. Um, mm. And uh, yeah. So all that to say is when I heard they were extending them to July, I kind of breathed the sigh of relief. I was like, okay, that gives me a little more time to get this sorted out. Um, just cause like I have to go back through and I'm, like I said, I'm still digging through digital files from two years ago to make sure I, all my ducks are in a row. And, uh, I'm like, Oh no, it's next month. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta hurry up. Like it's already here. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Um, well, well, you made it, you made it. You're good. Yes. I'll be fine. I'll, I'll get it you'll done. Be fine. I'll, I'll get it done with plenty of time. I just was like, Oh, uh, you need to finish that now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the worst when it comes to tax time. Lexi, we had it moved to June. So I, I finished, I got it done just in time. Like on a, like the clock just went right to click and then it was submitted. I was right there, but oh man, I always tell myself, Oh, I'm going to be on top of it. I'm going to get organized. I'm going to like, I have a system and I'm going to every <laughs> once a month, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to buckle down and get it done. A little glass of wine, deal with the finances and the, and the income and the, and the, uh, what do you call it? The expenses and everything. No, it never happens. <laughs> it never happens. But it's good. I actually really, I enjoy the paperwork. I enjoy, uh, like preparing my taxes. I, I don't do, I don't do the filing. I actually have a, an accountant, but, uh, I do all the, you know, the bookkeeping and everything. I, I, I take a special pride in how pretty my books look. It's just like, it's glistening, but it's always completely last minute and, and and just right up to the to the last possible second but i do enjoy the process i'm one well, of the few i think you are because i hate it i know that <laughs> it, that you have to do it and you got to be responsible got to make sure you know we got to be adults here but man i yeah, hate yeah. it <laughs> man yeah, i hate it's, it so it's, much it's it's like a, i like it because it's like it's like problem solving you know especially for me because i have like income coming from this country and i got expenses there and then i travel and all the things and then every once in a while there'll be like two cents that's just not accounted for and then it's like i feel like indiana jones like just in the like in the dungeon there's like darts coming everywhere <laughs> and like you know like journal entries and you know uh uh, CPP is just being thrown at me. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's the two cents. And then I could like be really proud of myself until the next problem. So I, I do. I don't know what it is. There's something in me. There's something hey. in me. Maybe I could have been a, an accountant in another life. Who knows? You like knows? what you like. You know, that's there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like here, hey, like taxes exactly. are uh, taxes are so funny. I saw again, everything's a meme these days. But I saw a meme that was like government, uh, pay your taxes or we'll throw you in jail. And then the citizen says, okay, how much do I owe? And the the government says, well, we, you have to figure that out. But if you get it wrong, we're going to throw you in jail. And it was like, <laughs> and it was like, I'm kind of butchering it, but then the citizen's like, okay, I think it's this much. And the government's like, no, that's not right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. Exactly. like, I don't know. Like yeah. you tell them, but then they tell you if you're wrong. And yeah, it's so crazy. Oh, see, I, I, I'm lucky. I haven't ever been audited. So maybe that's why I'm so positive about this whole tax thing right now. Cause it's never happened to me, which means now that I brought it out into the universe, it's totally going to happen. But, oh man. You know, I, I can't imagine. I had a friend of mine that went through it. Oh, it sounds, it sounds horrible. <laughs> it sounds it like sound. a nightmare. It sounds like the worst. But oh well, oh well. <laughs> that's I guess that's part of the journey, part of the journey. So, have you been buying a lot of gear in the last couple months? Um, 
Well, uh, sort of, sort of. I've had new gear come into my life that I, I, I have to, now I have to buy it. Like, mm. so like Barry from Grez Guitars came on the show here a few months back and cool. before he did, or right after he did, I can't remember. I, no, it was just before he came on the show. He, he emailed me and he's like, Hey, by the way, I sent you a guitar, uh, to loan on loan for a little bit. Um, it, it should be there in a few days. I'm like, Oh, okay. And it, he had my address because before all this COVID thing, he vacations in Portland once in a while. And he's like, we'll plan a vacation and I'll come to the shed and do a recording. Um, and so he had my, he had my address. Well, so this guitar shows up and I, there's no way I can send it back to him. I have to buy it. I, I, I can't, <laughs> yeah. it's so good. It's one of the best it's guitars I've ever nice. played. It's too nice. Mm-hmm. I have to buy it's it from him nice. now. So that will be a, a purchase that that is a, coming up soon. Um, oh, really? It's a sem, it's a semi hollow. It's mostly hollow, a baritone, and it's oh, so good. Oh, it's so good, Jay. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. I don't deserve mm-hmm. it, but I'm gonna buy it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I have trouble with new guitars, and, and it's because I. One, I'm, I'm an amp guy, right? So I'm typically pretty, uh, what's the word? Very, uh, uh, I'm faithful to my guitars. You know, I have a, a small collection that I use. But another problem with it is when I get a, good, uh, a new guitar and I use it on like the page, the YouTube page, everyone's mad at me because they want to see the blue Telecaster. Oh so no. So it's like, I've kind of, I've kind of put myself in a corner because, uh, you know, a lot of other YouTubers, you know, oh, look at this guy. He has a different guitar. They don't care. But for me, it's because I've done so many blue Telecaster videos. I can't play any other guitar in my videos because everyone knows what it sounds like. And they they kind of identify me by it and everything like that. So it's very hard for me to justify getting a new guitar because, yeah, when I when I play it on the on the page, no, <laughs> everyone wonders where the other guitar is. But that's, that being said, I do. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say that's that's really funny, but it does make sense. I've seen you with that guitar more than anything else. Anything, yeah. I would probably maybe eighty percent of my videos, more probably. I usually put two in a video. Like I'll give you like a humbucker option and then a single coil, my telly sound. But yeah, it's definitely it's just it's just identifiable. You know, it just they kind of know me by it, and I know the guitar really, really well. Is you know really well, so. It's it's easier for me to play. It's less stressful, I guess, when I'm uh, playing it. But I do like playing other guitars. And when I have a run of like four or five videos where it's not the Telecaster, oh, I get in trouble. I get, <laughs> I get in trouble. And it's too bad because I, I love, you know, I it's good to have guitars, you know, when I play. I It's not like I can't, I'm playing live anymore, right? Because the last four months I've only had, I've played one show post-COVID um, and it was a wedding and it was the weirdest uh, it was it was wonderfully weird and awkward, but really cool and really crazy. But I've only had one gig uh, since COVID. And so it's not like, oh, I could get this guitar so I can gig with it, you know, or I'll uh, get this guitar. And then when it comes to guitars or record, I kind of have all the sounds I need. But, you know, you just look at guitars and you look online, they're so pretty and they're so cool and so quirky. But yeah, it's just so hard for me to justify getting a new guitar. But I, the, the latest guitar I got, was the uh, I got the Equits uh, Rayburn? That's oh, the latest one. That's so the latest good. one I have. So good. Yeah, it's 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 a cool one. I actually I get I I, I got it at Nam, and then actually I had a couple like I'm really 
I, I'm really eccentric and I, I have a lot of ideas. So I gave it back to him to do some more stuff to it. So oh, really? it came with like, he made it with like a big fifties kind of neck, like a really meaty thing, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm kind of a faster player. So I had him kind of make it more like, kind of, it's in right now. He has it in a sweet spot. It's like in between a, a Gibson sixties neck and like a, a Strat sixties neck. Even the, even the, 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 the spacing or they call it the, the nut width is like right in between the two. So it's mm-hmm. a very cool feeling. And I had him switch some of the switches. So it's in the right place when I do my weird strummy, strummy stuff. Right. Cause I have a weird strummy technique that, you know, it's, it, it's kind of harder to do on certain guitars. So he kind of made it so it's easier for me to do it. And so, yeah, I, I got it and I'm really excited for it. So it's been pretty cool stuff. That's the, the latest guitar. It's only been in one video so far. It's going to be in a lot more, but I, I really enjoy that. Man, Kevin makes such great stuff. He really He's does. a really nice guy too. He's a, oh, I love he's Kevin. a wonderful, wonderful person. I know he's wonderful to talk to and he's uh, really sweet and his family's wonderful too. So, you, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, he's one, of, he's one of my favorite dudes in the, in the biz and in the podcast community. You know, it's like, I'm so happy to have gotten to meet that guy. And, you know, I have a, I have a Rayburn too. And, uh, I love it very much. Very, very oh, man, much. We should have a, a Rayburn showdown. That's what we can do. Ooh, There's look a, at that. You know, see what I'm saying? I have a couple of guitars that are on my list of guitars that, um, either I want or I want to try. Tell so me maybe more. if you tried to, maybe I'll, I'll tell them and maybe you could tell me what you think of them. Cause I, maybe you've tried them, right? So, uh, guitar I want to try, uh, millimetric. Oh yeah. Have you ever, have you ever, they look really cool. My wife doesn't think they look cool, but I think they look really, really cool. <laughs> do you, how do, how do you, because you have a millimetric, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have a baritone. Yes. Uh, the, what do you uh, think of those guitars? Oh, they're tremendous. They're, they're amazing. They're tremendous. Tremendous. I would say the best fretwork I've ever personally experienced ever. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Bold statement over there. Yeah, okay. I, I cannot cool. think of, right. of nicer fretwork that I have ever experienced. Uh, he made my neck a little bit bigger than he normally does, and I think it's perfect because mm-hmm. you know I like those fatty necks. Um, yes, fatty necks are lovely. The uh, fit and finish is—I mean, they are—they are as legit as it gets. Let me put it to you mm-hmm. that way. They are very, very, very well crafted, and then he sends them in this flight case, like. It's made by Nanook. It was normally a, a rifle case. Oh, I know that company. I know that yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the Canadian version of Pelican cases for all the yeah, U.S. Yeah, that's right. Heavy, they're, they're heavy duty in, thing. Where are they? They know they're made in Canada, but where in Canada are they made? I don't remember. I'd have to Google that. But he sends it, it in in one of those, and the their um, like custom water jet cut the foam for the for your mm-hmm. specific guitar and then it has the model and the serial number also cut into the the foam it's just so he does cool. a he does such a good job at pre- presenting them and yeah it plays fantastically and as you know looks pretty wild yeah uh, they look so cool they look wonderful and it's just quirky and they look fun kind of 50 space age you know it's just mm-hmm. really really cool on my list, I got to try it. So you got the ringing endorsement. So maybe I'll find... And they're Canadian. Like, how am I not supposed to... How am I not supposed to try this guitar out? Actually, I was doing that great Canadian uh, rig series. Yes. And it was between Millimetric and Frank Brothers. And I ended up reaching out to Frank Brothers just because I've done some stuff with them in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and so I knew them very well, well, and I had a good relationship. But maybe I should, you know, I should give Millimetric a, a second, a second look because... They just seem so cool. 
Yeah, Florian's really now, cool. He's a uh, he's uh, he's been on the podcast before. Actually, he's been on twice. Um, oh, once for a really very short one at Fear the Riff, and then uh, one full episode. And yeah, he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, wonderful. See, this is so okay. So done. That's I'm gonna go. Ch- I have to check that out. Uh, there's one guitar I've played. It was actually my favorite guitar of, uh, I've tried, uh, and I've always wanted one. It's a company called McMull. They're based in Israel. One. Have you ever Ooh. heard of them? They're based no. in Israel, and they make. They're very traditional. Like if you're thinking, you know, Rayburn and and Millimetric, those are very quirky, very very uh, stylized guitars. Whereas you look at the the McMull, they do have a more traditional thing, and they make this thing called a Heartbreaker, and it's mm-hmm. like a, it kind of looks like a Tele, but they kind of messed up with the pickguard a little bit, and you know, when you first look at it, it just kind of looks like a kind of a cool version of a Telecaster. Like the, the pick guard looks really, really neat. It looks really tasteful and the bursts look really pretty. So it's pretty to look at. I'm pulling but, it up uh, right the, now. I want to see what you're talking yeah, about. Check it out. Look at the uh, McMull Heartbreaker and they make one with P90s. Oh. Which look just... Yeah, that looks, that looks really nice. And that is, it's just, it's like clean and classic and, you know, very, very slick and it's very, very kind of, you know, it's, it's simple and stuff, but uh, what I like about it is in terms of very, very few times I pick up something and immediately like it. That, that happens very, very rarely with me. You know, it happened, uh, I could probably say maybe four or five times in my life. And this was, I tried one of their heartbreakers and it was one of those times. And I was talking to them and it ends up, they put crazy amounts of detail. Like, you know, the pickups, there's no set winding on it they don't they actually tune the pickups to the wood you know so they they kind of everything is made specific there's no specific set uh specs for anything they they actually have a you know they kind of tailor it to the characteristics they're hearing in the guitar so i guess some people might think that's not a real thing some people might not but i do know that from a harmonic standpoint it 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 resonates so lovely and it and it sounds so uh rich and, and and has a lot of character and a lot of detail and uh definitely that i think if i was going to buy another telecaster style guitar it'd probably be one of those a little mcmull heartbreaker so that would be the that guitar on my list i just have to justify <laughs> getting a <McMull. laughs> and they're all the way in israel too so it's a whole thing it's a whole thing to get it taken over here but they're expensive but they're cool i, I i'll give it my uh, thumbs up on that one cool did you play that at nam or something I played it, you know, I first heard of them. I went to uh, Toman mm-hmm. and, uh, in Germany, and I went to their high-end room. They had this, like, room with really, really high-end, super overly expensive guitars, you know, the Fender Custom Shop and some of the higher-end uh, boutique brands. And I saw the McMull, and I was, tr- I, was doing, I was trying to put together a video on different Telecaster sounds, uh, styles that aren't Telecasters, right? And I picked that up, and immediately I was like, oh, this is... This is different. This is really, really cool. And it's still Telecaster, but it's something different. It's its own thing, and it feels really, really wonderful. So, And then I went back the next year, and I played a different one, and I had the exact same feeling. So the consistency is very, very good. And that's something that I, I can't say about any almost anybody. You know, I, I very rarely find a, wow, this is a mind-blowing guitar, and then I'll try another one, and it's kind of a different thing. You know, So to have two that I tried that still gave me the same like fuzzies inside uh, is, is very, very rare, you know? So there you go. There you go. McMall yeah. heartbreaker. Good guitar. Nice. Good guitar. Very, very good. I, well, 
I trust you, Jay. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, you do? Yes. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I got your thumbs up approval. <laughs> oh, of course. If Jay um, says it, then I'm going to be like, yeah. Let's, I'm sure that's well, how it is. Yeah, you know? I'm sure it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, trust Jay. I, trust in Jay when you can't trust anybody trust else. Trust in Jay. Hey, you know what? I'll be honest with you, okay? I play a lot of guitars, okay? I've played so many guitars. I could I could say, uh, you know, when a good one's a good one, it's probably, probably a good one. Probably. I don't know. Then again, there's a lot of people that play a lot of guitars and they have horrible taste. So I might be one of those people. So I guess you really just have to kind of, I guess <laughs> I just, but the thing is I'm saying it with a lot of confidence so I could kind of trick people to think I know what I'm talking about. But, you know, uh, I guess in the end of the day, you have to try it out for yourself. Too bad that you, you, you can't just find them anywhere. It's too bad. That's, that's the mean, problem with like boutique gear. You know, you can't, you can't just find it anywhere. But I know there's I so many the people fun. that, that, uh, get that message me that they're like, Okay, Blake, the Benson amps. You're always talking about the Benson amps. Are they really that mm-hmm. good? I'm like, Chris doesn't pay me any money. Okay. Like, <laughs> I promise he doesn't pay me any money. He never has. They really are. Like, you know, like, I was like, I was like, Jay, you need to play this amp. And you were like, Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, well, not, I told, I'm not I, I, just about... blowing smoke here. They really are what I yeah. say they are. Well, you know, Blake, you've played a lot of amps in your day, okay? So yeah. <laughs> you would know. Uh, I I think I've said this story on your podcast before, but uh, we I I met uh, what uh, Benson amps. We were in uh, what was it Portland or what was it uh, Tacoma, Seattle or something? There, was, yeah. So there was that Tacoma guitar show, and there was this room. Uh, which was like all the amp builders and everyone kind of had like metal amps, like these 100 watt four twelves and just blazing in the room, just all this, you know, meat and saturation and sustain and distortion. And the loudest thing in that room, the only thing that I could hear apart from the buzz of everything else was a 15 watt, uh, little Monarch, little mm-hmm. Denson 15 watt Monarch. So if you want to be that obnoxious guitar player that everyone can hear, then you better might as well get that Benson amp. <laughs> if you're gonna have a if you're gonna have a volume war with somebody, you gotta try one of those Benson amps. You might actually win. Very, very well voiced. I like the, I love those amps. I, I have one that I use all the time, the the Chi, the Chimera, which is oh, a yeah. wonderful, wonderful amp. So, in fact, so I think it's just like it's just sitting in the background of all my videos too. I use it quite a bit. It's good stuff. It really is. Um oh, yeah, yeah. That, I wanted to talk to you about some specific stuff like okay. cuz you cuz you do you you wear a lot of guitar playing hats. Uh a lot of guitar playing things. hats, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you 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 gig all the time. We talked about your adventures in China. You you know oh, yeah, started yeah, yeah. started the YouTube channel, you know, you you do all kinds of stuff in the guitar world. You know, you talked about you went mm-hmm. to Germany and done all this stuff. So like as soon as the, the the COVID hit, obviously gigs went bye bye. But no, did you gone, see yeah. like did you like use that time to just be like, all right, I'm I'm going to create a bunch more content? Or how did you like approach that, you know, that side of the the biz suddenly drying up? Man, you know, uh it's COVID was a really crazy thing. And what it did, actually there's a lot of little things in work and personal stuff, but uh from a personal standpoint, uh what it actually made me realize is how much I work, 
and how much I work. I work too much. I, I, I wear a lot of hats. I do a lot of things and it forced me losing the gigs. It kind of actually forced me to spend more time with my parents. And my wife is actually a frontliner. She does the, all the, the, the contact tracing and she's, she's with the health department and okay. she's been kind of, so every time there's an outbreak, I know she's going to be working late because she's going to be trying to nip it at the bud, right? Uh, before it becomes an issue. I think that's why Vancouver did so well in keeping this thing away because uh, they were so on top of it. Every time there was a little bit of an outbreak, they just worked their butts off to make sure that they could get that, you know, that uh, circle out and, and cut things out. So that was really good. But because of it, I was stuck with the kids full time. There was the daycare was closed and I was raising the two kids uh, by myself and cooking all the meals. I've never done that. I was always, you know, the weekend dad, the, the nighttime dad sometimes because I always had gigs at night or the morning dad. But the full time thing, it was, uh, lear- it was kind of like uh, learning to uh, a whole new skill set and learning something completely different. It was wonderful. It was a great thing. It was great for uh, I, I, my, my wife was on mat leave for a long time. So I kind of saw things from her point of view. And now that she was working late hours, she saw from my point of view. So it's just great for us. And it was great for the kids getting to spend time. Uh, but in terms of the, the, the work, uh, luckily, I was very, very lucky that right before COVID hit, uh, I started Patreon, a, a Patreon thing, and I had a couple Patreon people, and they managed to, uh, I managed to amass enough uh, money so I could redo the whole set of my video studio. So if you actually watch my my videos from 2020, late 2019, you could see that, you know, there's all these new sets and uh, new cameras and everything, and I managed to get everything streamlined really, really quick so I could film stuff a lot faster and get stuff done a lot more efficiently. And so that way, you know, with, with the wife being gone, I was only able to work on uh, two days a week. And that was on Sundays and Mondays. And on Sundays, that's when, you know, Easter was and our anniversary and our kid's birthday. It was like seven Sundays where I had something. So I only really worked one day a week, but uh, because I had that set up due to the Patreon support, I was able to keep making videos throughout this whole thing. And now that things are opening up, uh, I could see that, uh, uh, you know, I'm doing a lot more recording stuff. So we have a little recording studio um, and we're starting to uh, start getting people coming in. Luckily, we keep it really, really small. We, we have a pretty big studio, so it's two floors. So we can keep things relatively, you know, separate and everything like that. And uh, yeah, a lot of really cool projects. There's a that tennis player that won Wembley, I think, uh, Vasek Prospisil, we're doing we're doing an album for him. And, oh, uh, didn't just, know he's a musician. Yeah, lots of re- yeah, yeah, he's a guitar player. He sings and stuff like that. Cool. So we're going to be working on that's that's uh, the latest project that just came down and slowly gigs. We're doing a lot of uh, you know. I think last week we did a photo shoot for um, a magazine, uh, the band. It's like a wedding magazine. So we were the band, and so slowly I'm beginning to see that, you know, the work's coming back. I, I played my first wedding uh, in a long time. We had a wedding gig, which was really weird. It was like 30 people in the actual wedding and we were so spread out, but they were so happy to see each other and they were so drunk that it was like, it was, it felt dead. There was only 30 people on the dance floor, felt completely dead, but their energy was like, they were so excited. It was like a weird dichotomy of it's empty, but it's really banging at the same time. It was just <laughs> really, really weird. Uh, but one thing that kept me going uh, through uh, COVID as well is uh, I play at a uh, at a church and uh, they do virtual church services. So they've been streaming 
church services over every Sunday. So I'm one of the very few musicians that was able to play kind of, I guess it's a gig, it's a paid gig. So I get to play gigs every every weekend. And so I, I luckily have been able to keep sane that way. And then, you know, the extra hanging out with the kids, it's really, I, I haven't, I haven't, you know, I wish, I'm so jealous of my friends that uh, can just, uh, they had this time to make that album or to do this passion project or to get stuff. I had no time for that, but because of, uh, you know, a little bit of organization on my part, I was, I managed to be relatively busy and relatively stimulated. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just so weird. Everyone's experiencing such different things and yeah, your experience in, in Vancouver is a lot different than what we are seeing down here, even in Portland. Um, you know, it, it, the U S is just, is like, it's, it's, it, everyone wants to say like the U S response has been really bad. And I'm just like, well, it just kind of depends on where you live, I guess. Like it's been mm. different in every state. So, and you know, like I probably going to get a lot of crap for this, but like, there's no reason that the rules should be the same in Montana as they are in New York city. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. It's kind of, it's a different, uh, you know, people are spread out. It's a different beast. There aren't as many people, first of all, and they're not stacked on top of each other. So things, mm -hmm. you know, we're a big country uh, and there's a lot of different angles to this. So I'm not saying I have the answers or know anything, but it's just it, I'm saying that all to say is like everyone I talk to, their experience is just a little bit different. Uh, oh, yeah, I can imagine. I can. Yeah. Im I, 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 exactly. Even in Canada, like uh, Ottawa or Ontario and Quebec, they have, you know, pretty big you know, trouble that they were dealing with. And where we are in Vancouver, it's been, you know, it's obviously we've been putting a lot of work into it and being on top of it, but it's definitely been quite, uh, I've been surprised by how we've managed. I think it's because everyone was kind of on board from the beginning and it kind mm -hmm. of kept, it, because we were on board and because we had a little bit of support, uh, you know, from the, from people, you know, it's, it, it just made things uh, uh, maybe a little bit, easier on us and so it's we we were definitely one of the very very fortunate places during all of this that's good to hear because i need my boy jay yeah. to be safe oh that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right that's, i need to be fine i need that's i good. need jay for my mental health i need jay to be safe that's what i need oh yeah exactly <laughs> you need me to be okay man it's been such a, it's so hard for me to to speak because you know i guess we're also in a different country so what the information we're getting here and how it would be, it's so different than what you guys are getting. And all I hear from you guys is obviously secondhand information or little things you hear about there, but I'm not, I'm not in the States. I have no idea what's going on over there. I could only speak to my personal experience. Don't worry. We don't have any idea what's going on either. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess nobody does. It's been crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. I do know this. I do know this much though. And I, I, I remain very optimistic. Like, we're going to get through this. This is going to be one of the most insane times in any of our lives ever, ever mm -hmm. across the whole world. But we as, as humans will get through it and everyone will have a little bit of different perspective on it and all that jazz. And it's probably going to, you know, I've wondered before, like, you know, you hear people say like, oh, well, my great grandparents grew up in the great depression. So they were all, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pension, pension pennies or whatever. And like, yeah. I wonder if it'll be like, oh, well, yeah, my parents grew up in the uh, COVID pandemic. So they're always obsessed with hand sanitizer or something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't exactly. know who knows? Who knows? I know. I feel like, 
uh, this might just be a dress rehearsal for something else. I feel like uh, uh, it, it, this was good in, in that it kind of got everyone thinking about this, about being a little bit more safe and maybe how we do things on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, hopefully if something like this happens again, we'll be more prepared and we'll be more united. And I think that's what it's really about. Because you look at some countries like uh, they were really, really on top of it because they were dealing with other like, you know, explosions in the past. So they kind of had that mindset and they were able to get it done. So who knows? I have no idea. I have no idea. All I know is how to tune a guitar and make it sound okay when I play <laughs> of course. So I don't, I, I'm not a health professional at all. I do know one positive that has came out for me personally. It's something that I never thought I would be able to, to, to stop doing. But I've, I've, What's that? This, this managed to break this habit, biting my fingernails. You don't do it anymore. I started to like, I was like, you know, the whole don't touch your face, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, found myself yeah. like going to, going to chew off a piece. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's not a good idea. Like, don't do that. So yeah, now I'm, I'm cutting my fingernails like a normal human being. Look at you. 30 Look years, you. 30 plus years. What a I, big deal. <laughs> <laughs> good for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Now, to be fair, right. like, Everyone thinks that I'm swallowing them when I say that. No, I was, I was put them in the garbage. I just, that's just how I yeah, cut yeah. my nails. I just divide yeah. them off and I know it's gross. I know it's gross. I'm sorry. I understand. It's, thing. it's things we do. It's things we do. Yeah. It's but no human, more. It's a human thing. No more. Yeah. You know, I never was, I never was a fingernail biter. I, I just couldn't do it because, you know, I, you know, if I would tried it, it might cut in a weird way and then it cut in too deep in a place or it wouldn't be even. I'm very conscious of the shape of my fingernails. Yeah. That. Well, you've seen me. I'm not very conscious of anything as far as how I, <laughs> just some redneck from who, who knows where. It's like, what is this guy doing? Oh, exactly. But exactly. I see Jay and he's all put together, looking good. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. up there on stage, just rocking it. Like, yeah, I'm like, man, I need to step my game up. I really need you to know, step I never realized if there's anything I learned from this COVID thing, how fun it is just to wear like track pants all day. Like, just, you know, like, 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 sweat, like all my like running clothes, like I'll just wear them like all day. And I'll tell you, man, everyone, everyone had that figured out except for me. I feel like I was the last person to figure out how awesome that is. Just like wearing a t-shirt and like a pair of like, you know, sweatpants. Oh, lovely. I love that. That was wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. I enjoy it so much. I don't even want to wear pants. I don't want to wear pants anymore. When I'm around the house, it's a little bit dark. Ah, just put my pants off. Just tell out. I'm just one of those. I'm just, these are the weird things that I'm just learning that everyone seemed to have figured out before I did. Well, I don't know. Like my wife keep, has ashamed me because I continue to wear my regular clothes. She's just oh, like, your regular, like you'll wear a suit to, to, no, uh, I don't the, wear the living room or something suits. like that. No, I don't wear suits. I look like a buffoon in a suit. It's not a good thing, <laughs> but like, just like my, I just like, well, like just simply like wearing jeans. She's like, why are you wearing jeans? I'm like, I always wear jeans. This is what I wear. I don't know. Why are you shaming me for wearing jeans? But then like, <laughs> but like my regular clothes are comfortable. That's the thing. Like, I think that's why she's like her, like, you know, girl clothes don't look all that comfy. Let's be honest. There could, yeah, they could be constricting and, you know, like places and then loose in places and flowy. So I, I can't imagine that being very stressful. Yeah. You know, going is, you know, so yeah, like my regular, I, I wear, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I don't know. I usually wear relatively tighter clothes. So I understand the, uh, the love of this looser thing. This is, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. For me, like right now, and this is my regular summer attire. I'm wearing a tank top and shorts. Beautiful. So it's not exactly mm -hmm. uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's pretty, mm -hmm. 
you know, pretty comfortable. It's a Chase Bliss mood tank top, actually, to bring it back around. Oh, wow, look at you. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that's one thing I will say. I've been wearing more company, guitar company t-shirts than I've ever have in my life. I have a stack of like, you know, one, like they're great, you know, like jam pedals. And usually when I get a pedal from a company, they'll bring in a little t-shirt just to kind of, you know, Hey, you know, rah, rah, rah. And they're really wonderful people. And so I've been wearing a lot of gear t-shirts and I mm -hmm. actually, I was walking down, well, not walking down. I was driving somewhere and I saw a guy with a rev shirt. I just, it's like, wow, there's, there's other of us. <laughs> there's other of us <laughs> but like yeah wearing wearing stuff so i don't i i, I like the fact that i don't have to wear um my, like i don't have to dress like i'm going to a gig you know gig clothes are very uncomfortable yeah i don't know what that's all about i don't know i mean like mm -hmm. but chris benson always makes fun of me because like for a long time every time he would see me i would be like coming home from my job at the terminal uh when yeah. i had one when i had that job and so i'd like go by a shop because it was on my way home. Well, at that job, I had to wear coveralls all day and a hard hat. Mm -hmm. and, it, and so I just wore gym clothes underneath because it was like, I don't want to wear another layer of pants on. Like I'd be wearing like two, two pairs of pants, like, and just mm -hmm. sweating like crazy. So I'd wear my regular gym clothes and he would just laugh at me every time I come by. This, like, You're always wearing gym shorts. Like, well, like I'm going to go to the gym after work and I don't want to wear regular pants under my fireproof pants. That's just sounds mm -hmm. miserable. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, do you, do you think it's important for like, you know, so I guess when people, people are, you know, I guess in some parts of the world, people are starting to get back into work and playing some music, uh, wearing, you know, like the like gig clothes, you know, clothes that have, uh, you know, as opposed to just wearing your normal everyday stuff to the gig. Do you think how important that is that? Do you think? I think it kind of for the average guy. You know, oh, yeah. Obviously, it's different. You know, obviously, if the you know uh, Alice Cooper goes on tour and he's wearing a pair of like you know easy fit jeans and some Crocs, it's not you know it's not gonna do the job. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, you're you're the band, you're playing at the local bar, you know, it's you know it's it's a Friday night, you know, post COVID, we're all out again, everyone's happy. You know, how, uh, do, do, how important is it to wear something that at least has some kind of, at least you're matching or you kind of are dressed that you look put together or do you find some people find that really fake? They want someone to wear like they, they want someone to look like they just came off the street. So what do you think? I think it totally depends on what you're doing. Like mm -hmm. if you're playing uh, like a, like a kind of a really polished like R&B or pop type of, uh, you know, setup, then I think like kind of dialing it up a notch in the attire department is, mm -hmm. is yeah. cool. Like it makes, it makes sense. It works. Right. But if you're playing like, if you're playing like a, uh, like Springsteen stuff, then you kind of just want to wear your regular clothes. Right. You know, you, yeah. of course you're playing like, uh, you know, and then if you're playing like in like a metal band, uh, you kind of want to like, you know, you, you want to, you want to, you want to fit the part. I think you always want to try to fit the part for whatever you're doing. Not that you couldn't play metal in, you know, a suit. You super can. Yeah. Uh, I just think like if it were me, that's how I would approach it. If I was going to go gig, I'd be like, Oh, am I playing like a punk rock gig? Cause if so, then I'm, I'm, you know, I guess I would probably kind of dress how I normally dress. Uh, but like, mm -hmm. If I'm playing like stuff that you're playing, I would probably have to, 
I probably have to get a, like a nice suit. Probably have to dial it up a little bit. Get a suit. Yeah, go That's what suit. I think. Well, yeah, I like. Don't get me wrong. I love playing, you know, in a suit for for the gigs that actually call you to wear a suit. But I do, I do agree with you. I think you kind of have to dress the part because it, people don't take you seriously, especially if it's like just like a, a like a cover band that's like at a bar. You know, if you all go look like you just came off the street and everything like that, it's hard. People don't won't don't they won't take you seriously. I feel like you know, it, it, you know, it's one thing. It's one thing to wear jeans, and then it's another thing to wear jeans that you know look good you know what i mean like there's 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 friday jeans and then there's like tuesday jeans you know what i mean there's uh -huh. like the friday t-shirt and so just because you know look at bruce bruce uh, bring springsteen right like you know oh, look at him he's doing more money he has a pair of torn jeans and like a leather jacket and a shirt but look at that look at that combo and look at how well thought out that combination was it wasn't just any pair of jeans it was like the perfect Springsteen jeans. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Totally. So I, I think, I think, or, you know, like when you go up there and you have like some like weird overstretched t-shirt and there's like a mini hole in it and everything like that, there's a part of me that goes, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think you're right though. You, you gotta, gotta look the part, you know, I yeah. like, or at least match your guitar, you know, don't play a $6,000 guitar and, and, and look like, you know, you're wearing $20, you know, everything, you know, like. You know, do justice to everything. Do justice to. Well, you're putting on a show, right? Like you're playing yes. music, but you're you're putting on a show. You wanna you wanna mm. have something that people wanna look at, like not in like a look at how hot that guy is thing. Well, I mean, that could be your thing, I guess. But like, like if you want to be interesting to look at, whether that's yeah. how you're playing, how you're moving, how you're dressed, it's like all a thing, right? You want to entertain mm -hmm. people. That's what you're doing. You're supposed to be entertaining and engaging or you're not really doing doing the thing you know but you're right dress for the part do you know whatever whatever you're doing there's an outfit for that occasion and i think you that think applies so. you know, in I, life as well as in gigs <laughs> and everything like yeah exactly you know on on that note like uh relicking because people say oh you got to dress the part say you're playing in that you know rock band or that you know kind of bruce springsteen band you know is our relic guitars is that is that a good thing? Do you agree with relicking, or do you think it's kind of a cheap kind of way out, or a, you know, kind of a, a poser kind of thing? I guess is what some people say. Well, I, I have a couple different thoughts on it. You know, um, so relicking can be done very poorly, and mm -hmm. it can be done well. And there's also guitars that I've seen that if you looked at it. Well, actually, a really good example is somebody who was on the podcast recently. His name's uh, Michael McCleary, and he plays in a band called Surfer Blood. He has this Jaguar that if you look at it, you would probably say, wow, somebody did a really bad relic job on it. That's what you would probably say. Uh, or a really, mm -hmm. like, you know, medium, like that somebody who was trying to relic it and make it look authentic, and it's not. But actually, it is authentic because that guitar was literally in a house fire and he mm -hmm. went to uh like re he was like i'm gonna refinish this and he started sanding on it and then he was like wait a minute no i'm not this is gonna like take away the story so if you look at it you kind of look at it and it's like well this looks like somebody was trying to relic it and then and then didn't do a very good job but really what happened was it was in a house fire he sanded it a little bit and he's like never mind i want this to still remain how it is um mm. and it's, therefore it's cool to me um yeah. So the point is, he's like, you don't always know, but you know, I've, I've seen some really nice relics. Uh, 
Mike Adams, who goes by uh, Pusheen on Instagram, he was showing me a couple of guitars actually at that Tacoma show where he was like, which one do you think is a vintage Fender and which one do you think is a Danocaster uh, relic? And honestly, I picked the wrong one. I thought, yeah. I thought the Danocaster was legit. And because he, it, you know, it was a Fender guitar that he had refinished and relicked. And I picked the wrong one. I thought the Danocaster was legit and it was actually the other way around. So relics can be done really well. I don't really care if, if it makes you happy and it plays good, then cool. I understand wanting a guitar that has that worn in feel without having to have been the one to wear it in. That's why I have a couple mm-hmm. of vintage guitars. Um, you know, but a relic, a quality relic job can get you there too. So what, whatever, yeah. whatever makes you happy. I guess so. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I'm hot and cold on the whole relic thing. For me, it's more personal in terms of um, I wear out guitars a certain way. So if a guitar isn't worn out the way I would wear it, it doesn't feel like my guitar. You know, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I actually look for certain markers on guitars to kind of give me reference points because of the way I wear it. So that's that's kind of where my problem with the relic is. It never really feels like it's me unless it's a relic that's, you know, they relic it in the way that I would play it but unfortunately you know we all play like snowflakes everyone's a little bit different right so uh you know i never thought it was a big deal though you know until one of the uh things that i get a lot in the comment section is people a lot of people uh assume that my guitar was a heavy relic right they don't think right (laughs) and and even in videos when i said oh this guitar was actually you know the the, it was slightly relic in in the but the relic was more for uh, they wanted to have that off color on the on the body, you mm-hmm. know, and, and maybe just a couple dips, little chippies here and there. But it was a, a relatively light, not nearly what it is now. But uh, I, I mentioned that in my video, and a lot of people like they they just say I'm they call me a liar, you know. They <laughs> they literally say I'm lying because you know you're you, and for some reason that really bothers me. And I don't know why. Like the fact that people think that my guitar is a relic because I uh, think it's a relic, even though it's not a relic. That bothers me yet. For years, I've always thought, oh, it, you know, relic, not relic, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't mean anything. It's fine. You know, it's, you know, personal taste. But for some reason, I do get triggered, you know, deep in my like subconscious. I get upset when someone says, oh, it's obviously a relic. It's not, you know, uh, it, it, you know, someone might say, hey, beautiful guitar, great thing. And it's like, oh, it's obviously a relic. It's not a real thing. For some reason, there's a part of me that kind of goes, ugh. Like, ouch. And I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to interpret that for myself. Well, I understand why you would feel that way, especially because I've watched that guitar get relicked over the years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've known you yeah, long enough so. at this point. But like, I, I remember when you, like, not when you first started your YouTube channel, but pretty close is when we started talking. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I watched that guitar wear more and more. I think maybe even in the first episode, I was like, what happened to that guitar? We like, we've, we've been talking about this for years and it's only gotten yeah. more and more wear. And I think the people who are saying that, they, I understand why they would assume that, but they really need to watch how you play. And I, I, I will say though, like watching you play in person, uh, like live and in person, like from two feet away the way I have versus on you. People don't understand how you play. You don't, you cannot mm. really comprehend the way that you play without actually seeing it in person. I don't think, uh, I see. I'm not just blowing just, smoke. It's a, like you have a very it's, it's unique, aggressive. Yeah. yeah, it's aggressive and it, it's, it's, it's consistent 
And every time I've watched you play, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, that's so, it's unique. It's different. I've never seen anybody play like you. And so mm-hmm. I, I know Thank that you. that's a, a legit, a legit guitar. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Exactly. But it, it, again, it like it, it really shouldn't matter if because you know, usually when you see something just off the bat, if you see a beaten up guitar played by someone right off the bat, do you immediately assume it was a relic? Is that where you first go? No. Or do you I, go, Oh, really? I, think, I yeah, I usually I mean, I've ran into many more um like vintage guitars with interesting wear than I have legit relics. Uh, just in, mm. in the stores that I go to, they don't tend to carry a lot of relics. They're, they're there. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen relics. Um, but most of, the, of my experience with well-worn guitars have been actual vintage guitars. So really, that's, that's, that's so different. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't blame people for thinking I play a relic just because when I do see a, a, a guitar with the word Fender on it and it's really beaten up. I assume, like, I immediately assume it's a relic. So I, that's why I don't blame people for thinking it's a relic, but that's kind of where my mind goes. Because it's, they're, they're just, I think it's the only way a custom shop guitar could be, they can justify charging how many tens of thousands of dollars is because of the extra work it takes to relic it. So I see, for some reason, I guess my experience is completely different than yours. I don't know what it is. You also are around a lot more professional musicians than I am. So that might have something to mm-hmm. do with it. I I don't... I mean, that's changing a little bit, but like, I don't gig or anything, well, you know, so well, you're, you're on, you, you talk to, well, I, but to all your guitar stories, you, I guess you see more clean custom shop fenders than you do relic custom shop fenders. That's been my experience. I've, I don't wow, get me wrong. I definitely see them. I definitely see mm-hmm. them, but, uh, you know, maybe it has to do with like the shops that I go to aren't quote unquote official fender dealers or weren't until recently. I think Old Town uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. just became one okay. like last year mm-hmm. or the year before. But for years, they they weren't. They weren't actually a Fender dealer. Um, and don't quote me on that. They might not be. I can't remember. But most of the shops around here are not Fender dealers. Oh, uh, at see. least the ones that I go to. Mm-hmm. So that could have something to do with it. They deal a lot in used and vintage and uh, smaller builders and things like that. Mm, isn't it in the cool we just we're just you know not that far apart but we have very very different experiences usually when i see a uh yeah like in my local store there's actually that that's i guess that's the difference the places i go to they're actually fender dealers so they have when they bring in the custom line it's usually the i usually just see relics so maybe it is a how many fender dealers are there in your area kind of thing i bet you that's what it is and because i don't Mm -hmm. ones here i mean i again i think old town is a fender dealer now i can't remember for sure but uh i don't the only ones around here really are like guitar center and i only go to guitar center uh in like emergencies <laughs> emergencies how how many guitar center trips do you have a year hmm. like can you is it more than you can count on your hands or is oh, it no. like it's probably like it's, three. Oh, really so you just you don't go to guitar center yeah, I mean, my local one is fine and going in there kind of brings back a lot of memories because it's like the first mm-hmm. guitar store that I would knew of and would go to. But uh, they don't necessarily, every, you know, every time I go in, they have less stuff that I'm interested in. You know, here four or five yeah. years ago, it was really improving. There was like a lot of cool pedals, a lot of really interesting secondhand things, a lot of 
really cool stuff that that this particular store was starting to get in. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I can't believe Guitar Center's getting cool again. And there are, I know there are better locations than the one I'm describing. Um, some of them are very cool. But this one just shifted gears back to like the same old, same old blah, blah, blah. Like nothing unique, mm-hmm. nothing different to look at, you know. And I was like, well, why, why, if I'm going to go have fun at the guitar store, I'm going to go to Black Book Guitars. I'm going to go to Old Town Music where like, they have all this really off the wall stuff and a huge pedal selection and, you know, people who know what they're talking about and all that stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's there's not any other Fender dealers outside of Guitar Center near me that I can think of. That's true. I guess they really kind of cornered that market or there might be some kind of rule or something like that. I don't know the details, but I know for a long time Fender and Gibson both had very, very, very large minimum order quantities. That yes, most small shops that, yeah. could not handle, you know? So, um, I don't know if they still do that. I don't know what the, I don't know the inner workings of that, but I do know that that was a factor for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. cause we had a local you, store what, here, like right in town that was just like t- 10 minutes from me that just hated Fender and Gibson. They would do nothing but talk, talk bad about Fender and Gibson and they were a GNL dealer. Uh, mm-hmm. that was, that was their thing. So. I don't know what the landscape is now. For you personally, because you have a you know you have a wonderful, cool collection of stuff, and you know a lot of different brands. Do you see yourself getting one of those big name guitar brands anytime soon, like a Fender, a Gibson, a uh, I don't know Rickenbacker, or a PV, or you know just a a big box kind of name? Or would you think from now on you're going to be more small company, small boutique, uh, personal dealers or builders and stuff like that? You know, for the most part, I think that that'll be the approach that I take. Uh, I will probably be purchasing, you know, smaller builders and uh, vintage stuff probably for the bulk of my collecting life. However, Mm -hmm. I am planning on buying. uh, I was really impressed with the new Epiphone stuff. I played at Nam, and I am planning on buying when it comes out. uh, Emily Wolf has a signature model Epiphone that's coming out that she showed me at Nam, and I'm probably going to buy that. Uh, yeah. It's super yeah. cool. It's like an ES style with the uh, Trini Lopez uh, diamond holes. And she's got this really cool lightning bolt uh, inlays and it's flat black and it sounded and played really awesome. And I really like her uh, as a musician. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to buy one of those because I think it's awesome. Awesome. Awesome guitar. So oh, super cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm planning. Like, I think it's coming out in January, 2021. And I'm like setting aside some money for that. Cause I want cool. one. That's the big purchase. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have an ES style guitar, so it fits right into that. You don't have an S style guitar. Right? No, you know, I, I still don't personally, I, I, you know, I've, I don't personally own a jazz master style guitar and it breaks my heart. I just got I my first one this year. Really? Jazzmasters and Jaguars. I don't know. I just, I, I, I love those guitars and I just have not, not gotten around to getting one. Not yet. But that's, that's, that it has to be right up there because it, it's a sound I don't really get. And it's, oh, it's so wonderful. They're so cool. Um, yeah, this, this Jazzmaster I got this, I don't know if you've seen me post it. It's uh, the Carmine Street 
guitars in in uh, New York City. They they do the whole mm. like reclaimed lumber thing. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but since I haven't talked to you about it, so it's he gets lumber from iconic New York buildings that are being torn down or refurbished or something, and so. This guitar has a body from a place called McGurk Suicide Hall that was torn down. And this is, you got to imagine, is like a place of ill repute. Uh, like okay. Gangs of New York era, like literally like that vibe. Like scary, scary. <laughs> yes. Bad place. Bad, bad place. Um, that was torn down. It was in the Bowery in New York City. Um, he got some wood from that. And then the neck came from uh, one New York's, I believe it's New York's oldest church the bell tower caught on fire. And while that was being rebuilt, Rick snuck in there and got some of the old beams from the bell tower. Uh, and that's where the neck came from for this jazz master build. And it Jeez. looks so cool. And it has this massive neck. I think it's like a one inch neck. It's huge. And I don't know. It sounds amazing. And Cindy, uh, his apprentice, she, she does wood burning and she would burn uh -huh. the buildings in the back of the guitar. I'll have to send you some pictures. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Did you, uh, does it have like the P90 pickups or they're the jazz master style pickups? All old school jazz master stuff. Righteous sound, uh, made me the classic jazz master set and then gun street wiring did the, uh, the harness in it and it's all old school jazz master. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Sold. <laughs> yeah, that's a awesome. That, that was a pretty awesome. big one for me, and I love that guitar, and it's a very unique playing experience. So, yeah. Well, I just realized that we're over an hour already. Oh my wow. gosh! Well, we we went through a gauntlet today. We actually didn't start probably talking about anything music related until like I don't know the forty minute mark. So <laughs> I think hey. we're good. That's what happens on this podcast sometimes. Every time, every time I end up talking to you about food or something like that. A lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's always a pleasure to be here. I always have fun talking to you. Oh, this is a great time. Uh, do you have anything you want to leave the people with? Leave the people with? Ah, not, nothing really. Just, you know, stay safe and uh, be good to each other. Be good to Perfect. each other. Perfect. And don't forget to subscribe to Jay's YouTube channel. And subscribe to my <laughs> stay safe, be good to each other, and subscribe smash that subscribe button. Smash, smash that. it. Turn I'm on the just bell. Smash it. Yeah, just smash get it. it. <laughs> Back that bell. Do it. You can do it. But yeah, follow me if you can. But uh more more importantly, stay safe and be nice to each other. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right, man. Well, maybe we'll try to sneak in a little Patreon if you got time. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, Jay Leonard J at Patreon. You can support the page, and mm -hmm. the money does go towards the page. It makes things uh, much easier. Uh, I I do all most of my videos are product demonstrations and stuff, and the Patreon, it gives me the budget to make more personal videos, more tutorials and lessons and stuff like that. So uh, more comes in there, the better the gear is, and the more, uh, more kind of general content you're going to get, more uh, interesting content you're going to get as well. Perfect, perfect. Well, thanks so much, Jay. Uh, you know, this has been a, a pleasure as always. So we'll wrap this thing up for Jay. This is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, there we have it. There's another episode in the can, as I like to say. 
If you really enjoyed this conversation and you'd like to help support the show and keep this thing going, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash tone mob and you'll find an extended version of this conversation with Jay. In fact, you'll find extended versions of most of the conversations that I've had on this podcast since we've been on Patreon. So it's just five bucks a month to get started at that. You'll get an extra episode of some sort every week, most of which are extended interviews. So if you like these conversations and you'd like to help this thing keep going, that is the place to do it. But if you don't have the scratch, I totally understand because these times are weird. And, you know, it's tough out there. So all you have to do is tell your friends. We got to keep these downloads coming in. I literally get paid by the download. Every time you choose to listen to this show, it puts a little bit of money in my pocket, like .0000 something cents. But hey, it counts, right? And that helps buy groceries. Let's be honest, groceries are my favorite thing because I like to eat. All right, one last thing before we sign off here. If you go to ToneMob.com and see the Join the Mob tab on the side of the website, click that and sign up for the newsletter. You'll be the first to know about something very important. Well, outside of Patreon subscribers. Patreon subscribers actually get very first crack. But if you want to be early on and get all the info about the cool thing coming up, because there's a cool thing coming up, go to ToneMob.com and hit the Join the Mob tab. All right, without further ado, get on to your next podcast. Hopefully it's another episode of this one. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All right, take care, people. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.